Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to episode number 73 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. And I think I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Well, I can actually see you. So I'm going to just go ahead and validate for all of our listeners that you are indeed Drew Helmholtz because there's not very many folks on the face of the earth as handsome as you, Drew. Oh, no. no. Latitudes will get you everywhere. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> In today's episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training, we are going to finally get back to looking at a book and to give you some background on how we came up upon this book, because I think this is actually the third book we've talked about since doing our last book review, and we've yet to review the other two that we talked about. But this one jumped out at me. You sent me a podcast some months back. I think it's one that uh, the Covey group puts out. Is that right? Yeah. It's insightful leader by Franklin Covey. Yeah. And you and I both agree that that podcast can have some really big ups and downs. Some of them are really good and some of them are kind of stinkers. And, you know, maybe people are saying that about Drew and Sam talk training. I don't know. 100%, but continue. But this particular one, I happened to notice on uh, some windshield time I had last week, a good friend of ours and hopefully soon to be friend of the show Patrick Lencioni was a guest on this podcast and he was talking about his latest book and I immediately downloaded it on Audible and listened to it and I sent you the podcast and I think you bought the book the next day and as voracious readers as we are, we both got through it in a couple of days because because I think we both got something out of it. So why don't you tell the listeners, Drew, exactly what the book is and let's drop Patrick's name one more time. Well, first, I think Lucas is going to give us a sound drop right here. How about that? Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, it's been so long since we've done books. I forgot about Burgess. It is Burgess, right? Okay. It is. I couldn't even remember that it was Burgess at that moment. I'm like, is it Stevie Nicks? I'm like, nope, that's the interviews. Like, gosh, I couldn't even remember. It's Burgess from the Twilight Zone. Dude, legit, before we get into it, we got to look back in the episode history. It might be like six months since we've done a book. It's been a minute. So, Lucas, go ahead and uh, hit us with some Burgess, and then let's uh, jump in to this with both feet. Books! Books! All the books I'll need! All the books! All the books I'll ever want! All right, so the book is by author Patrick Lencioni, and it is The Six Types of Working Genius. And the subtitle is A Better Way to Understand Your Gifts, Your Frustrations, and Your Team. As with everything that Patrick does, there is an associated online assessment with it, there is a fable to tell how you can use it. There is the, this is what the system is at the end of the book. And of course, for people like Sam and I, he actually gets into online, hey, you can steal it or I can certify you to be a coach. I don't know about you, Sam. I'm just going to steal it. <laughs> I don't think that's our best way to get Patrick on the show to come out with that uh, open plagiarism. But uh... I just wanted to see what you would that was totally just <laughs> I mean, there's a chance some of this is going to make its way into my workshops. All right. So let's let's get into the fable of this then real quick. So the, the fable is much like many of his others 
it takes place at the CEO level. Do not let that dissuade you from getting through this because if you run a store or an area or a group of supervisors, you too are a CEO and you have a team that works around you and this will apply. That's first off. I think second off, after listening to Patrick on that podcast, I'm not sure this is a fable at all. I think this is a reenactment of real life. Did you read the the epilogue at the end? I did. It's his team. Yeah. And I don't think he even changed the names. He didn't. No. Yeah. I think this is um, told as if it were a fable. You know, let's jump in. You know, the book precipitates by the CEO, which is Patrick himself, is having good days and having bad days or having good times and bad times within a day. And one day his assistant or his right hand gal, Amy, I think her name was, just says to him, why are you like this? Why are sometimes you're so excited and happy and other times, for lack of a better term, you're, you're just kind of a jackass. I believe the phrase they use is grumpy. Grumpy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> grumpy Grumperton. <laughs> and he said, I don't know. Let's figure it out. And then the, the fable uh, comes out of that. And uh, it's it's very interesting the way they go about figuring this stuff out. And, and for me, it, it resonated pretty well. Before we get into the nuts and bolts, I love this concept. I mean, I was texting you the second I was done. I paid the 25 bucks for the assessment. I got my assessment back. It came back slightly different than I thought, but not terribly different. So in the book, Patrick describes it as the Sunday blues, that if you have Saturday and Sunday off, that Sunday, somewhere around like two or three o'clock, you start dreading that you got to go back into work. And Sam, I'll be honest with you, in my 15 years at corporate, I had probably five years of that. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's funny for me because there are a lot of times where my title didn't change, my team didn't change, but the requirements of the job might change. And it's funny that I can see now where it hits me. Hey, how do you want to do this? Because do you want me to get into the six types or get into what I am? What would you rather do? I think that we should get into the six types and then let's get into what you and I were. And we'll go from there. Before we start that, though, I want to just build on what you just said, because it's I think it's really eye opening because I had similar experiences when I was still at the WRC. And there were times where I was really excited to get up and go to work. And I think about those times and those would be the Monday, the week of a pizza prep school, because I just loved doing pizza prep school. And I couldn't wait to get in there and and be on stage and and impart pizza wisdom on folks. And then there were times where we were doing stuff that had to be done and it just wasn't it just wasn't one of my, it was one of my frustrations. I mean, it was certainly a working competency. You know, the other thing, I'll just divert a little bit as well. I want to say 10, 12, 14, maybe 15 years ago at a rally, we were going to have Jack Welsh be the, the, the speaker. And for some reason, he couldn't come at the very last minute. So they had to find a replacement. And they got Marcus Buckingham. And Marcus has got these books and I'm looking at them on my shelf right now because I think they're amazing. But it's uh, first break all the rules. Now discover your strengths. And he talks about finding your strengths. And he was actually on the same podcast that Patrick was on. And I listened to that episode and he talked more about what he means by finding your strengths. And it's not necessarily the things you're good at because you can be good at things that bring you displeasure. And I would call those your working competencies or your working frustrations, but your strengths are your working geniuses. There's the things that bring you strength, that bring you joy. 
that make you excel at, we've got to find these things that we really, really enjoy. And for Domino's Pizza store managers, you know, there are all kinds of things you're responsible for getting done. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do them. If you knew your assistant manager's geniuses, competencies, and frustrations, and made sure that everybody had competency in everything, but then delegated the things to the folks that had the working geniuses, imagine how much smoother your store would run. Imagine how much better your food orders would be. Imagine how much cleaner your store would be. There are different people for different things. And one thing that really struck me lately, Drew, is I've told people forever, you know, it's much easier to edit a document than create a document. I don't know that that's true anymore. I think it's much easier for me to edit a document than create a document. And I will tell you, it's so much easier for me to create the document than it is to edit it. Yeah. So I, I, I think as we're, as we're building strong teams, instead of trying to force our competencies and our geniuses on the world and telling the world, this is the way it is, let's figure out who our players are, what geniuses, competencies, and frustrations they have, and then let's leverage our entire team to come up with the best possible product at the end. I know what your geniuses are, but I want to I want to just share something real quick with the listeners and I'm going to go through the six geniuses and then share share my moment. So the six go in an order and think of them as gears that each one kind of cranks on the next one. And it doesn't mean that that if you're the first one you're also the second, but it's probably not a frustration for you, okay? That it, it's very weird that you would have two touching geniuses that would be one uh, or two touching um, yeah, geniuses, one that would be a genius and one would be a frustration. Is that a fair way to put that, Sam? Yeah. So the six in order in the first phase is ideation. So the first thing is wonder where people have to ask the questions, right? They, they see something is wrong. They're observing. And this is typically like more internal, right? It's, and, and for those of you listening, you know who you are because you sit there and you see something happen and go, oh my God, why are we doing it this way? Some of you verbalize it. Some of you internalize it. Well, once that happens, the next working genius is invention, where we go and we create the solution to the problem. Somebody has said, God, why do we do it this way? And somebody steps up and goes, I know how to fix it. Then we have discernment. At discernment, somebody goes, this is a good idea. We should do it. It is literally that gut feel. It's that person who's like, you know, I don't think we're really going to be that busy today. It's 50 and sunny for the first time in a month. It's that gut feel. I don't need a pile of data to tell me. You can call it wisdom, but it's amazing. Those of you that have this, you've probably had people coming to you asking, hey, should I go do this since you've been in high school? Right. There's the galvanizers. The galvanizers are, for lack of better phrasing, and to make this as easy as possible, they're the cheerleaders. They get the team on board. They are pushing the team. And that's the key here. I am getting everybody motivated. I am getting the people motivated. That middle stage is the activation stage. So we go from ideation to activation, and now we're into implementation, the final two, and it's enablement. And you know these folks because they ask, how can I help? And they actually mean it. They usually volunteer everywhere, and they have a really hard time saying no. You need these folks on your team. Last ones. And Sam, you and I are going to fight over this one. The last one's tenacity. And tenacity is getting the project done. It's not motivating the people. It's you physically getting it done. 
And he also describes this as the folks that are always on time. I've got to be on time. I've got to get the result. And there's a lot of I here. The galvanizers talks in we, right? We need to do this so that we can succeed. Tenacity, I've got to do this so I get the result so I can win. We need that on the team as well. Now, the reason I want to mention all six of them is that for my entire life, as, as this person who stands up and facilitates, I have been extraordinarily jealous of everyone who is a galvanizer. I didn't know that's what it was, but I could spot them. And, and Sam, you've always been great at it. Mark Rudd is another one. When he stands up, all of a sudden stuff just comes out. I'm like, where did that come from? Scott Henshaw was that way. There are plenty of franchisees like that where people run through walls. And I am my entire career so horribly jealous because I'm like, I got to script that out. There is no way that's just I stand up and that's coming out of my mouth. It's just not. And it has driven me nuts for my entire career. Because if you're a Marvel fan, there's that moment in Endgame where like Captain America is given the whole rah-rah speech and Ant-Man looks over and goes, wow, he's really good at that. <laughs> and like, I'm Ant-Man my entire life in this. Like, like people get up on that stage and they, they give that speech or they stand up in front of the room and give that impromptu. And I'm like, son of a gun, I don't have it scripted. I, it ain't happening for me. And this helped me so much because I can do it, but I've got to put so much effort in for that to happen. And I knew right away, as soon as I got my results back, Sam, I knew one of your geniuses was going to be galvanizer. I just knew it. I honestly figured yours, your two would be galvanizer and enabler or potentially galvanizer and wonder. That was where I thought you would be. Yeah. The wonder one for me, when I did the assessment, it came out as a working frustration, which, you know, we were talking before we recorded, when you take the assessment, it tells you not to overthink things. And of course I did. And I think I probably answered a couple of the questions, not in the way that is true to who I am, because I just don't see wonder being a frustration for me. Discernment, definitely a frustration and tenacity is a working competency. If I was asked consciously to label mine, I would swap tenacity and wonder. And I would say wonder is a working competency and tenacity is a working frustration. And I think the reason that tenacity came out for me and working competency is because I don't miss deadlines, but anybody that's ever worked with me, and you'll remember back in 2012, where my time with the brand was coming to an end, I didn't miss deadlines, but both of my toes were right on that line, every single project I did. And that drove the people that I worked with crazy because it gave them no time to review it. And there were late nights and I put some of my coworkers through things that they certainly didn't deserve because my tenacity wasn't, it was a working competency at best. So, you know, I think the assessment is, is, is pretty strong. You and I were talking via text a couple of days ago about how these working competencies come into our personal lives as well. You know, my wife, if she were to take this assessment, which I'm going to try to get her to do, um, there is no way that discernment wouldn't be on the top of her working geniuses. And I think what has happened to me in the past when I'm working with people that have different geniuses that I do, especially if they have discernment, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is why are you second guessing me? Why are you checking my work? Why can't you just trust me that this is going to be right? And it's not that they don't trust me. It's that they have discernment and they want to flush everything out. That's not something personal. And I 
I think to me, Drew, the biggest thing I'm going to take out of this book is that once I know what people's geniuses and frustrations are, it's going to be much easier to work with them knowing that this isn't a me and you thing. This is what your frustrations, your geniuses and your competencies are. And these are what mine are. And let's meld those together to come up with a great plan. And I think it's going to give me more patience working with people that have a lot of uh, the discernment and more wonder than I do. And it's going to help us make better things. That's where this comes in the most. Like, it's nice to, to know who I am. It's nice. And yes, I'm going to try and get my wife to take it too. And I believe that discernment is one of her competencies, but enabler and tenacity are like, how can I help? I can't say no. Volunteers at everything. That's completely my wife. She is team GSD and she gets stuff done. Like that's legit, like her secondary like if that's your best, your best sucks bad is our first uh, motto in the family. And then team GSD <laughs> is the second, like that's, that's who she is. She's an enabler in tenacity. And where, where it gets weird then is I am at the full other end of the spectrum and I am wonder and invention, which is hysterical. Cause I'm like, I never actually create anything. I'm not building the next hyperloop or the next Tesla car, but I built a whole ton of crap, Sam. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. But tenacity is not my thing. And you know how I absolutely 100% know that? My smoker still has bricks and cement to finish the last two sides of it for two years now. You know, I'm the same way. I look around my office and I think about all these projects I've started and I've got all these great ideas. And I go into my garage and I've got all these things still in boxes that I bought. All kinds of great ideas. And, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go. And let's never get it done. <laughs> I talk about this occasionally, but I brew beer. Brewing beer is actually amazing because it works you through all of the types of geniuses. Yeah, I would imagine so. I've got to create stuff on the front end. I've got to decide if this is a good idea or not. Can I really put avocado in a beer? No, no, you cannot. That's a bad idea. And then I've actually got to find people to help me drink it because if you drink all the beer you make, that's bad. But then I've got to actually brew it and finish it. And Sam, I can't tell you how many times I built a recipe and it's like, okay, it has to ferment for seven days. And somewhere around day 22, I'm like, okay, I'll finally put it in a keg. I run out of steam at the end of the projects and reading the book. I 100% agree. If somebody out there is interested in this, and if you're on a team, you probably should be. Do the assessment first. Yes. Then buy the book. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you went that. Go to workinggenius.com. Pay 25 bucks, do the assessment, then read or listen to the book. You know, we were talking before we started recording in our three hour long show prep meeting. You know, I think as I was doing the assessment, knowing which ones I wanted to be, that skewed my answers. I tried and, and we said this in our fabulous four and a half hours of show prep, how I went back and I changed two answers because. It asks sometimes, do you? And then it asks sometimes, do people think of you as? I know for me, I believe that people view me as like a chameleon. And maybe you don't view me as a chameleon, but I view myself as a chameleon. That I am whatever you need me to be. Oh, I see that. I think that's imperative in the work we do. Correct. So these assessments like DISC, I have a horrible time taking DISC now because I end up just in the center dot. Whatever I need to be at that moment is what I'm going to be. But this is different. This is what frustrates you. And if I stop to think about it, like I'm giving examples here, tenacity is very clearly not high on my list. Right. I mentioned this because let's let's have fun for a minute, Sam. I'm into fun. I like fun. I'm going to 
discuss two franchise groups. We're not going to actually name the names, but let's call them Franchisee C and Franchisee U. In Franchisee C, the Franchisee, I believe, has a high level of tenacity. Definitely. And, and a high level. And by the way, Sam doesn't know who I'm talking about, but I'm going to guess he can guess. And probably a high level of galvanizing. Because once he starts getting people involved and talking, they're on board. Okay. Yeah, I see that with Franchisee C. Franchisee C's team, he expects them to high, have High enablement and high tenacity. Would that be fair? I think he expects them to have high invention and high wonder. And I think that's what leads him to huge frustration. I don't think anybody on his team has the geniuses he's looking for. Let me put it that way. That's correct. He expects, he wants everybody to be like him. 100%. And the tenacity piece, you're right. I'm with you. I'm on board. Sign me up, Captain. Okay. So now let's go to the franchise EU. Franchise EU has a crap ton of people who are E's and T's, which is great, which is fabulous. But the people in his stores aren't. Correct. So Franchise EU, what would you say is his top working genius? Tenacity. And then what would you say is the other one? I would say it's either um, discernment or galvanizing. Galvanizing. But, you know, I'm thinking about franchisees use interactions with you know, if I'd ever met him with me and uh, that galvanizing was just, just amazing. Here's what we could put it. Cause you and I love the sports ball. Yeah. I would say that the most effective college football coaches have got to have the working genius of galvanizing when they're sitting in a recruits living room on their couch. You want to run through a wall for the guy sitting in your living room. You're going to go play football for him. That's correct. And I mentioned this solely because if franchisee C had a couple people from you that had the E and the T, his life would be so much better. And if franchisee you, if you were open to having a couple people with wonder and invention, he might leap forward so much. It'd be crazy. But right now it's just everybody just kind of does what they're told. Does that make sense? And I think franchisee wants somebody with wonder and invention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but that's just not who's on the team. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll just be real here. One of the worst spots for me was when I ran the OER team. The reason is because I have this team and it's no different than almost any other team I ran since 2009. Everybody was remote. Nobody's there. It's never about the team. It's about what I've got to do. And running that OER team is all about deadlines and pennies and reporting. In fact, trying to make things better is not part of what the team was then. Part of making the visits better wasn't part of. And when I tried, I would get annihilated. Now that you say that, you know, I pined for that job before you had it and I wanted it bad. I think it would have been it would have been the worst time of my life because you're right. Now that I understand these competencies and geniuses and frustrations, you're right. You're never around your team. They're all remote. You're inside the building doing the building things, which, you know, Stan used to say to me all the time, I go to your desk and you're never there. It's because I can't do things at a desk. It's just not how I'm wired. It wasn't that I wanted to be a rebel. It wasn't because I didn't want to do what my boss said. I absolutely wanted to get things done that they wanted done. I'm just not wired that way. and. 
you know, one of the things I say when I open class up and we're talking about participation and how it's so important so that they just plain don't fall asleep. You know, I say to folks in front of every single class, and if you're a listener and you've been in one of my workshops, you know, you've heard me say this. The worst thing you can ask an operator to do is come to a room like this, sit in a chair like that and listen to a guy like me all day. And that's not because I'm horrible to listen to. I don't think I am, but it's because it's not what operators do. So, yeah, that, oh my gosh, thinking back on that, I'm so grateful I never got that gig. So that's where this is though, right? Because I looked at it and thought it was about my boss and it wasn't about my boss. It was the expectation that I should be really good and enjoy doing these things. And I, I, I didn't. I had, I had no desire. I mean, I do spreadsheet work, but I do spreadsheet work because it helps me understand what the problem is. Let's back up for just a second. Maybe it was about your boss. Maybe your boss had the working geniuses that were important for that job and they didn't understand that you didn't because it's like me saying it's much easier to edit a document than it is to create it because I'm going from my perspective and I'm going from my, my experiences and I think everybody should have the same working geniuses like me. You know, that's probably what's going on. I can't remember if it was DISC or some other personality profile back in the building, but one of the things they gave you was this, like these six building blocks. And it said, I have these tendencies. Please know that when you talk to me. I think that would be great if, if we all wore like a big old, uh, what was that? Uh, Flavor Flav or something had the big clock on him. Oh, the big clock. Yeah. yeah. Flavor Flav. we, wore, we wore a big necklace that says my working geniuses are these. Please have patience with me if we're talking about wonderment or discernment. <laughs> and to be honest, I joke around about how many times I got thrown off of projects, but it's because I'm a front end guy. Bring me in at the very beginning. And, and if I get brought in at the end and I'm asking questions, I'm proposing solutions that you have already done six months ago, you hate my guts. Right. It's really important to know. And I think in the book, if I remember correctly, he talked about, you know, some people weren't in the meetings at the end because we don't need that kind of stuff right now. And that's exactly it. And like the discernment one, hey, we're not asking for your opinion at this moment. Like, like, just give us a minute. We're not trying to be harsh. That ship has sailed. We're going or we're not going. To your point, it's just like disc where this and disc are similar to the extent of it's cool to know who I am. And now how do I interact with others? It's not a matter of pushing my stuff onto others. It's a matter of understanding how I interact today. If I were, if I were back in the building and in my team USA gig, my last one where I had two managers, I would make sure that between the three of us, we had all six of those working geniuses. And it might occasionally drive us nuts when we step out of line for where our genius should be. But if we knew it going in, then they know I'm going to be the one creating the projects. Somebody's going to be the one going, okay, this is a good idea. And this is why let's go team. Let's go. And somebody's going to close out the project and actually make it work. And you can kind of get into your buckets and it's no different in the stores. I got to be honest. I would completely 100% create supervisor job titles or job descriptions and interview questions around tenacity. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, tell me about a time where you had a project coming to an end and it wasn't going to make it. What did you do? What actions did you take? What was the result? I mean, absolutely. That's important. If as a supervisor, tenacity is not one of your things, 
you're legitimately always every day going to be miserable and drive your franchisee nuts all at the same time. Right. Listen, I know you're more versed in disc than I am. I, I, I taught it many years ago and I've taken the profile a couple of times. To me, all of these personality assessments are pretty much similar. I wouldn't say they're exact. I mean, disc, there's four different tendencies in this one. There's six. But I think anyone you use is going to give you some insight into what you're doing. This is the most recent one in my mind. So it's the one that I like best right now. But I like that there's six and it tells you that there's there's two that you're just amazing at and you're going to really enjoy. There's two that are going to give you frustration and there's two that you can do at limited times. And if I think about this, you know, I, I just spent a week with with Mike Harding and his team down there at DTID. Um, which stands for Domino's Till I Die, by the way. Very clever franchisee name. I like that a lot. It is a very cool name. He happened to be my first project of the year. So I had I had weeks literally to prepare for that. And I said, look at the stuff that I prepared and I presented for his team. I was able to do the things that are in my working competencies in little pieces. So they didn't frustrate me. And I was able to put together some of the best stuff I've put together. And now knowing this, I think I'm going to start to, to plan how I get my work done a little bit better so that I give myself more time for these things that I know are going to frustrate me. I mean, it would be great to have someone on my team that had the geniuses that, that I don't necessarily possess, but that's very difficult because my team is one. Yeah, having somebody who had some tenacity on my team would be fabulous because I could then, here's this thing. How cool is this? I need someone with discernment to say, yes, we should probably go forward with it. And then I need somebody with tenacity to say, yes, here's it's finished. That's just not me. Yeah. And you know, the times where I've gotten out ahead of the work and I've allowed my daughter to edit stuff, you know, she's really good at editing and I am, you know, I'm inventing stuff. You know, that has helped a lot. You know, I think we've got to understand what our geniuses, our competencies and our frustrations are and leverage our geniuses and look for help for our frustrations. So tenacity is absolutely one of your working competencies because you and I have argued about what finished product should look like so many times because you're like, it's got to be absolutely perfect. This, this, this. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> they just need to get it. <laughs> yeah. <be> fine. <laughs> I mean, and is that necessarily finance, tenacity or is that? That's the way he describes it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not saying that it brings you joy. Oh, right, right, right. I'm saying it's one of your working competencies. Whereas for me, it, it it's just, I'm, I'm firmly in the good enough kind of could be bucket. And I know that sounds weird. It doesn't sound weird at all. I think, I think sometimes my quest for perfection gets in the way of my need for completion. In my head, I'm, I can always edit. So like, like this week I'm doing these opening checklists and I'm doing opening classes with, with, um, assistants and with managers, you know what? My first opening checklist, I pulled from like three things I saw online, a couple other of my peers, a couple things I had in my folders because we have all made an opening checklist at some point. And I put one together that I thought was okay. And very first thing in the first store in the first day, I realized I didn't have fill the sanitizer sink anywhere on that checklist, but I had sanitized the countertop. Right. So, okay. Edit. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm big into that. I think I realized, 
you, you know, that, that that's important and that something is better than nothing. And as long as you're willing to make those edits as you move along, you're going to be fine. And that's the key, right? As soon as you, and, and a high minor wonder and invention. So as soon as I'm like, how can I make this better? My issue, Sam, where you're looking for perfection, I know it's never going to be perfect. So my issue is getting to a phase where I'm, I'm okay, actually like delivering it because I could iterate on this thing all over and over and over and over and over again, and it'll never get off the ground. You're absolutely right. And I'm happy to say I'm getting closer and closer to that because we just don't, you know, there's times where stuff just has to be delivered and, and, and you've got to do that. Let's land this plane. Dock the boat. Let's dock the boat and uh, decide where this book falls. I, I think it's pretty obvious, but is this one, uh, gosh, it's been so long since we've done this. I don't even remember what it was. Is it in the backpack, in the trash bin? Is it flying around the house? Is it going to the moon in the next lunar landing? I, did you like it? I love this. I think this is easier to understand and comprehend than something like DISC. Mm, okay. In a team setting, this makes much more sense than DISC. In my place, I, I'm not giving this away, but if you're a franchisee, I will 100% happily do a six types of working geniuses with you and your team to get you and your team squared up. Yeah, I think this would be great. And, you know, I, I think with what's in your wheelhouse, when we do above store stuff, I, I think that this type of workshop would be amazing for above store stuff. I think that it would help them get on track to exactly where they need to be. I, I like that a lot. I was back and forth. I was thinking, yeah, you know, maybe this isn't a great book for general managers, but as we talk it out, I think it is. And I'm going to highly suggest that people do go to the website and take the assessment at workinggenius.com. Again, that's workinggenius.com. Take the assessment. It's 25 bucks. I think it's $25 well spent. Then you can understand your geniuses, your competencies, and your frustrations. But more importantly, hopefully you'll get kind of the same insight that I think both Drew and I have gotten. And then you'll start to understand the people you're working with and why maybe sometimes you're button heads. It's not a you versus them thing. It's your geniuses versus their frustrations thing. And it'll help you work better together. And if you both start to meet in the middle and, and start to embrace each other's geniuses and accept your frustrations, you know, it seems like, seems like you'll end up in a better place. I got to admit, I think once we're done with the podcast, I have to go and reach out to a couple people because I am almost now, as I'm thinking about it, 100% certain that my last two managers I had, I technically had four managers, but my last two for the team, uh, Justin Zimmerly and Elaine Pambacker, I think between the three of us, I think we we're all six working geniuses, which is why occasionally we drove each other nuts and yet we got so much stuff done. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I get it. Well, cool. This has been episode number 73 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. We've been talking all about the six, six types of working geniuses by our good friend Patrick Valencioni. Again, I can't stress enough. Go to workinggenius.com, take the assessment. Go to either Drew's website or my website and go to our affiliate site for Amazon and pick up the book. That way we'll get about 22 cents from each book you buy. 
and you'll pay no more. And that helps us keep these podcasts on the air. Episode 73, I'm Sam with Fowler Consulting. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Hey, as always, if you would share these and like them, we'd certainly appreciate it. And uh, for certain, go out and sell more pizza. And have more fun. That's all, folks.